Hey guys, welcome back to Self Interrupted with Kit Costello. I'm Kit Costello, I'm your host. Today is a major episode in the KCCU, the Kit Costello Cinematic Universe. Today we're talking about getting my first tattoo and it causing me to spiral tremendously. Like tremendously to a point where I couldn't talk about getting a tattoo for months. It was so serious for me and I am so excited to tell this story because I have been teasing this story since season one. I've been teasing this story, honestly, since I got my tattoo. The week I got my tattoo and I was meant to record an episode of Self Interrupted, I didn't. And I'm really excited that I'm at a point in my life where I feel like I can talk about it. Because in all honesty, I didn't want to do this episode before because I hadn't fully healed from getting this tattoo, mentally. Not physically, physically I healed within a week. Mentally, girl, it took me a minute. I'm gonna be real. And I'm really excited to get into it because it's kind of funny looking back. And also, I don't think enough people talk about the traumatic psychological events about getting a first tattoo. It's serious and we need to normalize having a bit of depression and a spiral after your first tattoo because it was so bad for me. After I got my first tattoo and I was saying, oh my gosh, I actually was in the trenches for a couple of weeks after, all my friends coming out of the woodworks, oh, so was I. It's normal. I did that too. Where were you? Why didn't you tell me this? So that's why I'm here, bestie. I'm gonna be the friend that tells you that sometimes you do go through a bit of a crisis when you get a tattoo, but you do come out the other end. I will get into that in a second. First, I wanna catch you up on my week. You guys, this week, this week has been very, how you say, lackluster. I've got to be honest. I've got to be real. Last week, you may remember, I got laser hair removal. If you're not someone that gets laser hair removal, especially on your face, it takes about a week and a half for you to be able to get a clean shave again. Because one thing about me is that after several sessions of hair removal on my face, mama, the hair's almost gone. So tell me why when I go to get a new session of hair removal, it comes back a step in, a punch in, as if I haven't just had multiple sessions. So it takes about a week for me to shave it off and then for that hair to fall out and then for it to go back to normal where I have no hair on my face. And for the past week, I've been in hiding. Nobody physically saw me for a year kind of vibes because I just, I can't. I think there is a bit of gender dysphoria there when I look at myself and there's facial hair on my face. I don't want to go out, you know? I'm very much like Rolly in Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Don't come by my house. Don't call me. That's me when I have a bit of facial hair after laser. I just, I can't communicate. I can't see my friends, you know? So for the past week, I've been very, just doing little errands in my village. I haven't ventured out into London because I haven't felt my best self. But I will tell you what made me feel my best self, my girl dinner. You guys, my girl dinner was so top tier the other night. So I had nothing in the cupboards. I had nothing for myself to eat. I hadn't done the shopping. I normally do the shopping on a Monday for the week, but mama, it was Saturday. Was it Saturday? Yeah, it was yesterday. Saturday and I had nothing. I had a few cans and some eggs and I made God's work. I made mushy peas. I made mushy peas and some eggs. I put the mushy peas into the pot and the pan I cooked them up, I salt and peppered them. Oh my God, this is so embarrassing. And then I poached the eggs and I put them on top. Three eggs, two cans of mushy peas, God's work. And why aren't I on MasterChef? And honestly, all of you rolling your eyes and saying, oh my God, why would you do that? It was nice. And you know what I just want to normalize? Having food that isn't very aesthetically pleasing, but tastes good. That was so stupid. Of course that's normalized. But like, I feel like I would say that to some people and they would squirm don't knock it till you try it because honestly it was yummy it was almost like a like a pea soup with 
eggs on top. I guess that's not making it sound any better. But it was really yummy. Also, if you don't know what mushy peas are, I suppose they are kind of like how you say a British delicacy. It's just as it sounds. It's not anything special. It's mushed up peas. <laughs> I don't know if they're like petit pois. I have a feeling they're maybe broad beans or maybe they are peas. I'm not too sure. But they're normally a sickly green color, completely unnatural. They do have a very savory taste to them. They taste like surprisingly peas, but they're yummy. It almost is like a soup. So it was just like soup and egg. I win again. How could I stop winning? Speaking of winning, I need to tell you guys a story. Oh my gosh, buckle in. If you listened to last episode, I'm pretty sure I told you about a guy that I was talking to. I ended it. Oh my God, you guys literally stop. I ended it and it was a week. A week of talking to a guy, which is by the way, the longest I've ever talked to a man. I never met him. I never saw him, but it's the longest I've had communication with a man. And it was intense. I've got to be real. It truly was. Like he was acting as if he was my boyfriend and I kind of loved it. I did. I did. I kind of loved it. However, comma, it was a lot of back and forth, a lot of me blocking him. I blocked him because it got too serious and I wasn't ready for that. And then I unblocked him and I said, oh, sorry, you guys, sorry. Shouldn't have done that. Anyway, I met this man on Bumble. I want to talk about this more in my dating app episode, which is coming up soon. But I met this guy on Bumble. We connected really quickly. We got on really well. We had great chemistry. And I don't know, it just got too intense too quickly. And I wasn't feeling it. You know, when you're not feeling a guy, but you're talking to him maybe for attention's sake. And I did feel kind of bad because each day that went by, I felt that it was getting harder and harder to leave. And it did make me think about the future and men in the future and a boyfriend. Christ knows a husband. Like the idea, it just, it, it was going through my head. If I ever had a boyfriend, I would just, I, I would be so scared I was gonna mess it up. Anyway, not the therapy session. Long story short, after a week of talking and it getting too intense, there were reasons for him to believe that I was catfishing him as myself because I hadn't FaceTime called him. Because reminder, I've been in the trenches about my laser hair removal, so I wasn't sending him selfies of my face. I was sending him like pictures of me in my clothes. He was like, what outfit are you wearing today? Not the OOTD on the fucking WhatsApp chat. Like, please, what are we doing? So I'd send him like my outfit pictures, but I wouldn't send him my face because I was like embarrassed, I guess, of what my face looked like after laser, which I don't know if I should be. That's maybe my inner saboteur talking. So. We were flirting and then he was like, I have a feeling that you're catfishing me. And I wasn't feeling it. So I just went along. I just went along and I was like, yeah, I am. I'm so sorry. I've been catfishing you as a model. <laughs> and it's so bad. And I don't, I don't condone this behavior because this poor man thinks that he's now been catfished by someone that looks like Kit Costello. And he went off. He was like, how fucking dare you catfish me? And I was like, listen, I'm sorry. I don't know, dude. I do feel really bad about that, to be honest. And I don't condone it at all. But honestly, it was just, a, it was an easy way out because he was one of those people that wouldn't take no for an answer. And if I blocked him, I felt bad. So there was no other way for me to get out of this like situationship other than to say I was catfishing him. Even though I was myself. Anyway. I went to get coffee this week as well. So I did I did actually leave the house. I went to London. I went to see my friends Hanifa and Emma. And we went to this cafe called Cat's Cafe in Salone Square. Good pricing as well. I wasn't paying five pound for an iced chai latte with oat milk, which by the way is my coffee order if you ever want to buy me a coffee. It's an iced chai latte with oat milk. Light on the ice, please. I want liquid. I do. If I'm paying five pound for a drink, I don't want 
my cup half full with ice. By the end of this season, I'm gonna have a great American accent and none of you are gonna be able to clock. As soon as I got out of the station at Salone Square, oh, I was in the trenches because I instantly remembered that I had a modeling agency meeting around this area that I completely flopped. It was so bad for me. In a nutshell, I went to this model agency meeting while I was still signed to my previous agency, which was against my contract. I shouldn't have done that. Anyway, I'm, I went to meet this new agency trying to be someone I totally wasn't because they were like one of the biggest agencies in London and I wanted to look really cool. So I went in double denim and these Tom Ford glasses that I never wear. I got them for Christmas once, never have worn them, but they're these massive, beautiful Tom Ford glasses. And I decided to wear them inside like a complete twat. I never wear sunglasses inside. And the one time I went to one of the biggest modeling agencies in London, I was like, you know what? I'm going to wear them. Anyway, so I go into this modeling agency. I walk in and I'm like, oh, hey, I'm Kit Costello. They're like, oh yeah, of course, come sit down. By the way, they asked me for a meeting, which was, so also they asked me for a meeting. Why was I trying to impress them? They literally wanted me to sign to them. Anyway, so I sit down and then I have a meeting with one of the managers and we're talking and we're talking and we're talking. And then he's like, okay, can you wait here for a second? And there was like a rack of magazines in this like meeting room. You do not touch the magazine rack. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you do not. If you're in a meeting, you do not pick up a magazine and read it with your Tom Ford glasses on, acting like you're really cool because you do not look cool. You look like a fool. And there I was reading this Clash magazine that had Billie Eilish on the cover. And I remember he walked in and he was like, oh, you're reading a magazine. No one ever reads magazines here. And I was just so embarrassed because I knew that he was like, why are you fucking reading a magazine right now? This is so unprofessional. And then I went to take Polaroids, which if you don't know, Polaroids are very, very basic photos. It's not posing. I don't know why I was trying to strike poses as if it was the cover of an editorial magazine. And they were like, oh, by the way, you don't have to do all of that. You don't have to do that. You look a fool. Embarrassing point number three. Tom Ford sunglasses, reading a magazine, taking unnecessarily editorial photos while I'm trying to take Polaroids. Embarrassing point number four was that there was some kind of higher up that was coming in for a meeting and he shook hands with the manager that was taking a meeting with me. And then he looks at me and starts shaking my hand and I acted for some reason as if I worked there. I was like, oh, thank you so much for coming. What am I doing? I was trying to act as if I was part of this agency when I wasn't. Honestly, like mortifying, but he did seem to like me. He didn't get back in touch with me for two weeks and then I had to email him and I was like, hey, what's going on? He just said, I wish it was better news, but the team didn't agree on you. And I was like, okay, great. Love that. Honestly, that's all that's gone on this week. Nothing crazy has happened. It's been a very chill week. And sometimes when I have these weeks and I have to do a catch up for the podcast, I feel kind of bad. And I almost feel like a bit of a loser, but you know what, relatability. And I'm gonna stand up for us. Sometimes I do nothing. And girl, I'm getting just about sick and tired of seeing everyone. Oh my God, this was something I wanted to talk about actually really quick before we get into the topic of me hating my first tattoo temporarily. The sun. There were maybe three sunny days this week, today being one of them. When it was windy, when it was rainy, when it was wet. Oh, I was in my element. Let me tell you, let me tell you right now. There I was watching Gilmore Girls, having my hot cup of tea, a large mug, let it be known, sitting in my bedroom, the rain hitting the window, loving life. Cut to, cut to the sun. Oh, I'm depressed. Why aren't I out? I have no friends. No one wants to see me. Everyone's Instagram story. Hey, you guys, out in London getting a pint. 
When's it my turn? I haven't had a picnic this year. I want a picnic. I just want me and the girls to go out and have a picnic. Little gluten-free vegan snacks, crisps, little bit of cake. But as soon as it's sunny, I have no plans and no one's available. And then everyone's like, oh, let's, let's go out, you guys. It's windy, it's rainy, and now I'm absolutely in the trenches. Because let it be known, I only like the windy, rainy, wet weather when I'm inside. You guys need to understand. I love the sun, don't get me wrong. But it's when I'm inside and it's sunny outside, I feel almost guilty. I'm thinking, oh, this is the summer of 23. When my nieces and nephews say, Costello, what were you doing in the summer of 23? There I am saying I was watching The Summer I Turned Pretty, a show I don't even really bloody care for, in my bedroom. Please. The highlight of this week was Taylor Swift announcing 1989 Taylor's version and Olivia Rodrigo releasing a new single. Also, another red flag from that guy who I pretended to catfish, he said to me, I don't get the hype around Taylor Swift. Instantly, I was like, you don't deserve rights. <laughs> No, you do deserve rights. Of course you do, but you don't deserve most of them. Firstly, I want to talk about the inspiration behind my tattoo. I want to talk about this first before getting into the day of and the spiraling. So the inspiration behind my tattoo was an imperfect star. I wanted this for a couple of years now. The idea of being a star whilst not being perfect. Oh, it's poetic. Let's be honest. A star in someone's eyes may be different to what a star looks like in someone else's eyes. All stars are different, but they're still a star. Anyway, so I wanted a star that was imperfect and I knew that I wanted to draw it. I also knew that I wanted a stick and poke professionally done. Because whenever I say that I got a stick and poke, everyone says, oh my gosh, you were in the trenches. I'm like, God, I wasn't like sitting around a campfire and someone doing it with a needle. You're like, that was not the vibe. But I wanted a stick and poke because I think it looks more, I don't know, it looks more delicate and looks more natural to me rather than like a line. I feel like it looks a bit too harsh, unless it's a very fine line. I also knew that I wanted it small. I didn't want something big, you know? I wanted something small and I wanted it in the inner right arm. I don't know why I wanted it in the inner right arm. I just, you know when you just know? I was like, I want it there. That's where I want it. I didn't know where on the inner right arm. I literally decided that on the pissing day. My gosh, please, not the unprofessionalism. But I knew I wanted it somewhere I could hide it for work because if you don't know, I model. For me, that's what I wanted. Those were the credentials, okay? I wanted a small tattoo of an imperfect star on my inner right arm so that I could hide it for my modeling jobs. Now let's get onto the day before. The day before I got the tattoo, I was, you guys need to understand, I was stressing and I will tell you why, okay? Let me tell you why. I'm someone that works well under pressure, so I fucking thought. I had maybe a week to design this tattoo because reminder, I wanted to draw it, which I'm really happy that I have now, but on the day, the day where I was meant to be sending this off, which was the day before, I was in the trenches trying to design this. Me on Procreate on my iPad for maybe six hours. I'm not joking as well. I had taken a picture of my arm and I was drawing stars in it all day. Now bear in mind, this is meant to be an imperfect star. So realistically, I should have just drawn one once. And I'm the kind of person that's like, okay, I'm gonna draw it and this is gonna be the one. Draws it hates it. No, it's not imperfect enough. Literally, don't make me scream. Me trying to find perfect perfectionism, I guess, in an imperfect structure. What are we doing? It's so ironic because there I was thinking I was being poetic. I was like, it's going to be imperfect and I'm still going to love it. I'm a perfectionist. This is a major fact you need to know about me while the story progresses. I'm a perfectionist who got an imperfect tattoo on them permanently forever. 
So no wonder the day before I was stressing, but at about 7 p.m. the day before, I sent the DM to my tattoo artist. And I also want to point out, throughout this whole day, I didn't just send one to this tattoo artist. Bless this girl's heart. I was sending, I, I probably sent at least 10. And I probably drew about 60. So I sent them, I'd be like, hey, lovely XX, I hope you're doing well. So this is the tattoo that I really want. Really excited, really certain on this design. 10 minutes later, deletes message. Resends message. Hey, my love. <laughs> Hope you're doing well. This is the tattoo I really want. And it was just that 10 times. It was so embarrassing. I don't think she ever mentioned it because I know that you can see when someone's deleted a message. And I also know that you can see when someone sent a message. So this poor woman had 10 to 20 messages of me saying, I want this deleted message. I want this one deleted message. I think even the last design that I sent, if I'm gonna be honest with you, wasn't perfect to me, which obviously it wouldn't fucking be perfect because it's not a perfect design, please. Now let's move to the day of. It's Friday, the 24th of March, 2023. It's a major day in the KCCU. Get your calendars out, go back a few months and put this into your calendar. The day Kit Costello got their first tattoo. I had to have moral support. So who did I invite? My bestie, Olivia. Olivia had to come with me and we made a day out of it. One thing about Kit and Olivia is that they're gonna make a day out of an occasion, even if it is occasion like getting a tattoo. We went to Hackney because that's where I was getting my tattoo, Hackney in London. I don't really go to Hackney that much, but there are a lot of studios and casting rooms in Hackney. So it only really been in the case of getting off the train and walking straight to a studio, but I haven't really ever explored Hackney. So my appointment was at 11 a.m. at the tattoo studio and me and Olivia were like, okay, bestie, we need to first of all get breakfast because one thing that I'm not gonna do is pass out. That's not gonna happen. We went to a cafe called Popham's, which was very, very lovely. And by the way, the pastries there, 10 out of 10. I didn't have them, Olivia had them, but she said it was really good. I had a bowl of coconut yogurt with walnut butter and stewed fruit. Oh my God. The upper class breakfast, don't make me scream. It was so good for me. I think it was also 10 pound, but we're, we're gonna avoid that. We had our breakfast. I remember there was like a really weird situation with the toilets at that cafe. Like the cafe was in front of a massive, almost studio building. So to go to the toilets, you had to like push through a corridor and then look around this almost sci-fi looking studio space. And there were people just pointing, the toilets are over there. You had to go up to an elevator, up on like the third floor, looking over the balcony to the cafe, then walking all the way to the toilets. It was just so complex. And I was like, I'm stressed enough as it is. I'm getting a tattoo today that I'm not even certain if I like. I do want to stress that I did like the tattoo. I wouldn't have gone through it if I didn't like it. At the time, I was just a bit stressed, okay? You have to understand. I was maybe 90% sure that I liked it, which is a lot. After I'd been to the toilet, had my breakfast, we had drunk some water. Olivia and I were thinking, let's walk. Let's walk to the tattoo studio. Let's go. Now this walk was, it was long. It was, it was giving London Marathon 27 miles. Why, why? Did we have to walk all the way past Hackney Center? And then we walked through like so many residential blocks. Genuinely, I felt like I was on the great escape or something. Like it, it was so unserious because it got to a point where I was thinking to Olivia, like, is this a joke? Have I been catfished? For a split second, I was thinking, oh my God, is this person real? Have they sent me a real address? It just didn't seem like 
a tattoo area at all because we were completely out of Hackney by this point and we were just in the residential area with like houses. We were walking and the girls were walking and the girls were also looking at each other. You know that look that you give to your friends when you're thinking, we're both thinking the same thing right now, but we don't want to say anything. And we're just going to nervously laugh and keep walking. And it also started raining at this point as well. So just one bad thing after another. And I was like, this is just the pathetic fallacy that I didn't need right now. Anyway, after this long Kilimanjaro style walk, we arrive. So I walk into this building and I'm, you know, I'm cowering. I've got to be real. I was like walking in with my tail between my legs, a little nervous. Olivia almost had to like, you know, push me and give me a little nudge. And I was like, hey, Kit Costello for the 11 a.m. appointment. She was like, hey, yeah, that's great. If you just take a seat, I'll get some papers for you to fill out. Signing my life away because I wanted to get a tattoo. Let's be serious. So there I was, she brings over the papers and I'm filling out these forms that she's given me because I'm signing my life away. I'm getting a stick and poke tattoo. While I'm signing out these forms, she brings over a sheet of all different sizes of my design of tattoo. And she says, hey, so what size were you thinking today? And it ranges from massive all the way down to small. And I pick out the smallest one. Now, I want it to be noted that when I see my design on this A4 sheet of paper, I think, oh yeah, that's the one. It looks great. I'm excited to get this tattoo. That 90% of certainty has just turned to 100% of certainty. I'm excited now. She says, come over here, let's get tattooed up. I'm nervous. Oh, I shit my pants. I go over, I lay down and my arms now on this little cushion. I want you guys to know that while I tell stories, I act it out as I'm speaking. So while I just said, I put my arm onto a cushion, I literally reached my arm out and levitated it as if it was on a cushion. And I looked down and the tattoo was there, which kind of made me gag. I was like, oh my God, I'm telling stories about the tattoo. Anyway, so my arm's now on the cushion and we're talking. And now at this point in the story, I do wanna give a round of applause to the tattoo artists. The skill to be in such a high pressure situation of putting permanent art on someone's body while being friendly, while having a conversation, I'd be a bitch. Oh, I'd be a bit. I'd be like, sit down, don't talk. I'm putting permanent art on your body. It's so serious. I'd be freaking out. I think I'd freak out more giving the tattoo than getting it. Oh my God, I was actually talking to a guy on Bumble. Fucking Bumble brings the most roguest people into my life. And we were talking about tattoos. And then he said, can I give you a tattoo? I just don't know about men anymore, guys. I just think that they're, they're so far removed from me. I can't believe I ever identified as one. Like, it's just so, it's so, I wish I had that confidence. Imagine saying, and he wasn't joking, by the way. He was being dead serious. He'd given himself stick and pokes when he was drunk, this certain man. He said, I want to give you a stick and poke when I first see you. And I was just thinking, why would you think I would want that? In what universe do you think I would have said, Oh yeah, no, I want a stick and poke from this random man I met on Bumble. Anyway, I don't even know what I was talking about. The girls are talking. Reminder, this is a tattoo salon run by women. So the girls are just honestly gossiping. I'm talking about my friend who recommended this place. And I'm talking about the podcast, funnily enough, as well. And then the tattoos finished up. I look in the mirror and I love it. Now, this is a major point because I wasn't lying. And I was telling everyone, I was like, Olivia, it's so nice. I was saying to the tattoo artist, I was saying, oh my God, I love it. It's so good. So I just wanted to let you know that I did love it at one point. Because also, I don't think that is mentioned enough when you have this kind of like first, I'm going to call it first tattoo trenches era. For me, I really loved it to begin with. And then I will get onto it later. I started to hate it. You may have noticed that I didn't even talk about the pain because it didn't hurt. It fully just felt, it felt like how you think it would feel you guys. I was getting a stick and poke with a needle. I'm not saying go and get a needle and scrape it against your skin because I don't want you to do that. But that's what it felt like. 
it didn't feel good, but it didn't hurt. But it didn't not feel good. Like, let me be real for a second. It didn't not feel good. It felt like they, they were itching a scratch, you know? It didn't hurt at all. And they were so precise because, like I said, it's a stick and poke. So the line work of the star was put onto my arm. And then she just did tons of little dots around it. But I just, I love it. I don't know why everyone doesn't get stick and poke. I think it's so pretty. I'm looking at it right now. It just looks like tons of little stars making up this big star, which I'd never thought about before. And then that's it done. It took maybe 15 minutes. It was insane. The idea that in 15 minutes, this piece of art is going to be in my body forever was crazy to me and I couldn't really comprehend it. Even for the first week, I just kept thinking it would wash off. After finishing the tattoo, I had to then pay. And this was the most embarrassing thing because I had paid a down payment of, I think it was like 50 quid and I had to pay the rest and I had bought cash and she didn't accept cash, which is totally valid. And she wanted me to do a bank transfer, but I'm with a certain bank that doesn't allow you to do bank transfers without a bloody card reader. So there I was and I was like, I don't think I can pay you. So then I had to download PayPal. Me downloading PayPal with no 4G, I was in the trenches. It took me 10 minutes to download PayPal. And you know when you're trying to like talk to someone while waiting for something? So there's such lulls in the conversation. It's just empty conversation of you just talking as if you haven't been talking for 15 minutes while the tattoo's being done. And I'm waiting for the app store to download PayPal, looking at it while it's downloading. It's so slow because I have barely any 4G. It was so trenches for me, you guys. I'm dead serious. It was so bad. After everything was paid for, she then put sticky film over my tattoo, which basically is used as a barrier to protect the tattoo from bacteria getting into it and infecting because we do not want that. Let's be clear. I call this chapter of the story the realization because it's the part in the story where I start to start to think, oh, I don't actually know if I like this tattoo that much. And I start to spiral. So it's the same day. It's the 24th of March, 2023. I hope it's noted down in your KCCU calendar, the Kiko Solo Cinematic Universe calendar. And Olivia's gone home. So I would say it's maybe around half past five now. And I'm in my bedroom. Now I'm looking at the tattoo. Now reminder, I have the film on my arm. And... I hate the way it looks. This was so whiplash for me. That's all I can describe it as because it almost felt like something had switched in my head that all the, I don't know, the dopamine had left. I was so confused because I just loved this tattoo at the tattoo parlor, but now I'm stressing that I don't like it. And it was that feeling of instant panic. You know, when your heart sinks and you instantly, you kind of get embarrassed. I don't know if you guys get this too, but when I'm in a situation like this, I get embarrassed for myself and I start to go like all red and I start to really spiral. I start to spiral because this is important. This is a huge part of KCCU law. I used to get recurring nightmares that, <laughs> okay. I used to get recurring nightmares that I was getting a tattoo and I'd look in the mirror and I hated it. I'm not joking. I used to wake up from these nightmares in sweats, shaking, looking at my body, thinking, oh my God, thank God I didn't get that tattoo. I'm now in reality, looking in the mirror with a tattoo that I don't like on my body. Oh my God. You actually don't understand how bad it was for me because it felt like I was living in a nightmare. And for, again, a split second, I was thinking, oh, I'm in a nightmare right now. Like this isn't real. It was very concerning for me. It truly was. I opened my phone. I go on safari. The first thing I look up is how long do I have to wait until I can get my tattoo lasered off? Ooh, okay. Not only was I thinking about how I didn't like it on me, because that's the thing. It wasn't even necessarily that I didn't like the tattoo. I think it was more 
I think it was more to do with me and the way I see myself. And I don't think that I saw myself as someone that was almost cool enough to have a tattoo, I guess. I feel like I felt that a lot of the time in my life. And I do feel like in certain situations, I'm maybe not cool enough to be there or I'm not cool enough to wear that outfit or I don't think I can pull it off. It was one of those situations where I was looking at this tattoo and I was just thinking, I think I would love this tattoo if it was on someone else. I didn't think it suited me. And that was stressing me out even more. Not only do I not like this tattoo on me, I'm now questioning whether I'm cool enough in general. And then I remember... To kind of distract myself, I went on social media, classic, and I went onto Instagram. I then clicked onto the tattoo artist's story and I saw the tattoo and I remember just thinking, I drew that so badly. And all those like vicious thoughts were in my head now. And it was me thinking, you're so stupid. Why did you get this tattoo? This is so classic, you never think things through. You're so bad at art, why did you, why? <laughs> you're so bad at art, you, you failed your art GCSE and now you have your art on your body forever. Like, what are you doing? And it was just this vicious cycle of me honestly just hating myself and thinking that I wasn't good enough. And then also I was putting into the equation my job and my work and modeling. Everything was so heightened. My emotions were so heightened after seeing it for the first time because I wasn't thinking straight. And also it was one of those situations where I didn't want to tell anyone. I don't want to tell someone that I've just got my first tattoo and that I don't like it. That's so embarrassing. So I kept it to myself. And I think a lot of the time, my problem is ego. I'm going to be real. It always falls back onto ego and me trying to just save myself from looking a fool. I don't know what my game plan was where I was gonna get it lasered off and then magically my tattoo would have just come off in the wash. Like I don't know what that story was gonna be, but that was the plan. As soon as I saw the tattoo, I was thinking, I've got to wait six weeks, then I can get it lasered off. And maybe it will take two to three sessions. And you know, and you know who wasn't my friend at this time? TikTok. Because as soon, as soon as I got back from that tattoo parlor, the first thing on my bloody for you page, hey guys, come with me to get my tattoo lasered off. Don't make me scream. And to rub it in, they were like, this is my eighth session. And this is what it looks like right now. Go, it looked the same. I was so far removed from sanity. At this point, I was just thinking, what do I do? At this point, I was thinking, okay, every single day I need to do my makeup routine and I need to also cover up my tattoo. It was genuinely so bad, but it definitely was to do with an ego because I was then thinking, oh, I'm not going to look good enough on photo shoots because this tattoo is going to ruin it. It's going to take, it's going to pull focus. This like two centimeter tattoo is going to pull focus from me. Don't make me scream. Side note, the tattoo in photo shoots now, I absolutely love. So I've now been sitting on my bed for maybe two hours spiraling and i've just come to a point where i feel numb because i've experienced so many thoughts over the past two hours the thought that i have a tattoo that's on my body forever that i currently don't like the thought that i'm living in a nightmare the thought that i'm gonna have to spend 600 to a thousand pounds trying to get this tattoo lasered off of my body and i now have the thought oh my gosh it's my brother's birthday dinners so there I was at an Italian restaurant, just in space. I wasn't even present. All I was thinking about was my tattoo. And obviously I had just got it. So my family were asking about it and I just had to, 
I just had to act like I was in a pageant. I was like, I love my tattoo. I'm so happy I got it. I wouldn't change it for the world. I call the next chapter of the story A Wrinkle in Time because I think it's kind of a pun because of the film that was on my arm. Now, this distorted the tattoo to the point where it looked like you just put like lip gloss over it. So you couldn't really see the tattoo, but you could see it enough to judge whether you liked it or not, which is why I judged whether I liked it or not. Now, also a side note, I was allergic to this film. Not only was the film making the tattoo look distorted, the fact that my skin was bumpy and raised underneath the film because I was having an allergic reaction to this film made the tattoo distorted. Anyway, after a few days, I could take the film off and actually thank God because there I was having an anaphylactic shock. It was so bad for me. Anyway, I take off the film and I remember thinking to myself, I might take off the film and I might love the tattoo. Maybe it was just the film. You guys, I was right. I'd put it up there, a euphoric moment in my life. You have to understand. I went from trenches to balcony view. It was so good for me. So I take it off and as I'm peeling the film back, half of the tattoo is showing. And I look at it and I look at it again and I'm like, wait, oh my God, wait, I like it. I like the way it looks. And for that brief moment, I was like, I don't want to take the rest off because I don't want to like ruin this moment. I continue to take off the film and I look at it some more and I think, oh my God, I actually really like this now. Like it's quite dark black, but I, I like it because what I couldn't see through the film was the preciseness, was the detail, was the little dots. I couldn't see all of that. It was all just really a blur to me. And in my state of mind, I kind of, I guess I forgot that it was stick and poke or I forgot that it would look as clear. Reminder, I've never had a tattoo before, so maybe I thought that it had all bled together. I don't know. But as soon as I took it off, it felt like I'd skipped from BBC One to BBC One HD. And I was just looking at it and I was thinking, oh shit, it's looking good. The only thing that I'm not liking about this right now is how dark it is because it was so dark black. And obviously, you know, it's a tattoo. It's going to be black if you're getting a black tattoo. There's nothing you can really do about that. So I thought... So a few days later, I was looking at the tattoo again and I was thinking, okay, I'm, I'm liking this. I'm not even having to gaslight myself into liking this tattoo. I'm really enjoying looking at myself with this tattoo. Now, I also want to note to everyone that's thinking about getting a tattoo or has got a tattoo and not liking it right now, dress yourself up, put your favorite outfit on, put your favorite makeup on. I guarantee you, you'll think differently about your tattoo because for me, when I was in my pajamas, I'd just woken up. I really didn't like it and I really found it hard to even look at my tattoo. However, when I dressed myself up, I loved the way it looked and I think it, I kind of saw it as an accessory to begin with rather than something that was just on my body. Now I just see it I don't even think about my tattoo, to be honest. When I think about it is when people point it out. That's just a little side note. If you're kind of in the trenches, go and like make yourself feel good. And then I think you'll appreciate your tattoo a bit more. Anyway, a few days later, I get out of the shower. I'm drying off my arm and I look down my forearm and there's black residue. And I think, what is this? I look at the star and I would say three quarters of it had changed color completely. Gone from a dark black to a grayscale gray. I was just, it felt, you guys, it felt like a miracle. I remember looking at myself in the mirror with my jaw open, like on the fucking floor. This thing that I didn't think it could happen, the changing color of my tattoo, I just rubbed my tattoo and it just like kept coming off. All this black stuff, which I'm guessing now looking back was probably dead skin cells. Gross, but also slay because my tattoo is now a color that I like. It's not a dark striking black. It almost looks like it's blending into my skin in a way. Well, it doesn't look like that at all. It's literally like black. I went from being in the trenches to then taking off the film 
and then being balcony level to now being able to rub off this dark black color oh i'm penthouse view i'm feeling great however comma i did not want to tell anyone about this tattoo situation i was i think i was recording season one of the podcast at this time and i told no one i had a bit of a moment where I couldn't use the star emoji or even look at stars because it triggered me. Even though I did like my tattoo, it felt like every time I looked at a star, it was laughing at me because now I'm thinking about the way that I handled this situation because it wasn't that serious. Now looking back at it, I think it was just a moment of panic. Once I had told friends, because I want to remind you, when I got the tattoo and I was having that two-hour spiral, I told no one about it. I didn't even tell anyone about it for about a week later. Until I took the film off, until I saw the tattoo change color. I didn't tell anyone about the tattoo until I started liking it. I was saying, listen, Emma, I'm not 100% sure about my tattoo. I don't even know if I like it that much. And she said, oh, our friend had that situation. She got tons of tattoos and didn't like any of them and wanted to get them lasered off. But now she loves them. I gagged. I was like, oh, where were you? Where were, where were all of these so-called friends that were, d- d- what? Bless Emma's heart. It literally made me feel 10 times better when she said that because I was like, oh my God, I'm not alone. This is something that other people go through. I think in a way for me, it was like immaturity because a huge factor as to why I was so deep in the trenches and spiraling was because after I got the tattoo, I felt so immature. I felt as though that I just done something so ridiculous. Why would I do this to myself? And also a reason why I spiraled was because I was like, oh my God, I'm getting older. I can get a tattoo without my mom's permission. Ridiculous. Ridic- go home, go home. The, t- the tattoo just resembles me now. I'm not perfect. I spiraled about this tattoo for ages, but then I ended up actually really loving it. And it kind of had this full circle moment of me going through all these emotions with this tattoo for me just to come back to me being able to control myself and my emotions and the decision that I actually really enjoy this tattoo and actually really like it and that I should trust myself. Oh, that's the one. The way I was having doubts as soon as I saw that tattoo for the first time. And I was thinking, you're an idiot. Why did you get this? You're immature. You don't know what you're doing. That full circle moment of thinking, no, Kit, you love this tattoo now. You knew you were going to like this tattoo. It looks great. And having that trust and this tattoo being able to symbolize that trust that I have in myself and also that perfect imperfection. This tattoo means so much to me and it's so much deeper than just a star. And I think anyone that's getting a tattoo, your tattoo is going to mean so much more to you than what you think it's going to mean. Because if you think about it, the tattoo is a part of you. It's really something, one of the only things that you can choose in life to stay on your body permanently. So it's obviously going to mean more to you than what you think going into it. Whether that's the day that I had with Olivia that I can always look back on when someone asks me, oh, where did you get your tattoo? Who who did you go to get your tattoo with? I can also tell them about the breakdown that I had and I can tell them how I bounced back from that and how I actually really love it now and how this tattoo was a lesson to learn how to trust myself. But in conclusion, getting your first tattoo has its highs and its lows. For me, That first month was definitely a low. I couldn't even look at my tattoo and I couldn't even use the star emoji or look at stars because it just made me think about the tattoo that was on my body permanently that I wasn't even very keen on. Now I love my tattoo. I think this episode has been a lesson in trust 
and a lesson in self-acceptance. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Self Interrupted. Before we go, I do have the recommendation of the week, which is the Bridget Jones Diaries films. I've been watching Bridget Jones Diaries since I was maybe like 10 years old. Slightly inappropriate for a 10 year old? I think so. There I was 10 years old watching Mark Darcy and Bridget Jones kissing. Yeah, I was. The past two days, I watched the first and the second Bridget Jones Diaries each night. And it was great. It's a comedy, it's a rom-com, it's about a girl in her, I would say, late 20s, early 30s, maybe even 40s, I'm not too sure. But a London girl who's trying to find love. That's the recommendation of the week. Give it up for Bridget Jones, everyone. If you've enjoyed this episode of Self Interrupted, please make sure to rate it on any streaming platform you were listening to it on. If you were listening to this episode on Spotify, you can vote for next week's episode topic down below. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at kit.costello. You can peruse my website at www.kitcostello.com. But other than that, I'm sending you so much love as always, Kit.